Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Last year, we launched our course, The Data-Driven Classroom, and had hundreds of educators and clinicians take this course with consistently amazing feedback. I heard from so many teachers how this course really changed the way they approach data, how they were able to set up simple data systems, train their paras, and be collecting data to make data-based decisions within days of finishing the course. That feedback made me so happy. Now that course has been closed and unavailable since last year, but guess what? We are reopening the course, the data-based classroom, and I want you to be one of the first ones in. If data is something you have been struggling with for years, let's work on this together. Let me give you all of the tools to make this something that can consistently happen in your classroom. And guess what? Since you are a podcast listener, and I absolutely love my podcast listeners, I have an awesome code for you. When you use the code DATA100, you're going to get $100 off of the course bundle. Now, this code is only going to be usable until March 20th. So you only have one week to use this code, but Data 100 will get you $100 off of that course bundle. So that means for less than $200, you are getting the amazing data toolkit with literally hundreds of data sheets, all editable. And don't worry, I teach you how to edit it. And that entire data-driven course that touches on academic data, behavior data, staff training, and so much more. There's a link in the show notes with all of the information. Let's make this year the year that data really works. Hi, I'm Sasha Long, special ed teacher and board certified behavior analyst. Welcome to the Autism Helper Podcast. I'm here to explore different strategies to improve the lives of individuals with autism. Today, we are going to talk about errorless learning. Now, errorless learning is talked about a lot, but I wanted to take today's podcast episode to kind of break it down and then talk about what errorless learning activities are, who these types of activities are good for, and really what comes next after your student starts to master an errorless learning task. But first, let's rewind and let's get back to the basics. Let's review what errorless teaching is. So errorless teaching is an instructional strategy that basically ensures that the child gets the right answer. There's no errors, errorless, right? So as the skill is taught, the child or student is provided a prompt right away so they don't have the chance to make a mistake. So really in any traditional teaching approach, there's the chance to make a mistake, right? You're reading a book and you look at the pictures and you say, where is the dog? Well, the student could say, the dog is under the bed, the dog is in the yard, the dog is outside. There's the opportunity to make a mistake, right? And if the student makes a mistake, we teach them the correct answer. That's traditionally how 
you teach things, right? Well, errorless learning does it a little bit different is it provides the answer right away. It, it basically gives the student the answer. That could be through a verbal prompt, like telling them the answer. That could be by a physical prompt, by moving their hand and pointing to the right thing. That could be by with a gestural prompt and showing them the right answer. I'll go through a few examples in that in a second. And the idea here is that you give the right answer right away and the student copies it. And then after a while, you fade that prompt. You fade that help. So after giving that immediate prompt for a few times or a certain amount of days, opportunities, et cetera, you start waiting and you start pulling back. And ideally, then the student will remember that correct answer and respond right away. The reason that errorless teaching can be really successful for some of our learners is that research suggests that if we fall into this pattern of mistakes, that that can lead to a lot of frustration, that can lead to negative behaviors. And our kids that are especially very routine-based then sometimes fall into a routine of responding with those incorrect responses. So if I show a flashcard of the color blue and say, what color is this? And the first few times that we worked on it, Johnny said green. And I'd be like, oh no, Johnny, this is blue. And we talk about other things that are blue. Now he might be in the routine of every time he sees the blue card, he says green because that's his routine now. Um, so errorless learning kind of avoids that potential by giving the right answer right away. So with the example of color identification, I would show the blue card and I would say, Johnny, what color is this? And then before he had the chance to answer, I would say blue. And he'd repeat to me, blue. I'd be like, oh my gosh, great, good job. We would do some other stuff, other colors, other activities. I'd come back to the blue card. Hey, Johnny, what is this? It's blue. He would repeat, it's blue. After a while of doing that, I'd show him the card and say, Johnny, what color is this? And I would wait a few seconds and see if he would say blue on his own. So that fading of the prompt. So that's an example of a verbal prompt that we could give by saying the correct answer. Let's say we were working on color identification with receptive identification. So I would have three items on my desk. I would have a blue bowl, a green cup, and a pink spoon. And I would say, Johnny, which one is pink? And I would point to the pink spoon. So that would be an example of a gestural prompt, but I'm giving him the right answer right away. I'm pointing to that one, right? I'm not giving him the chance to touch the blue bowl. I'm right away showing the right answer and he will model and copy me and touch the pink spoon. And I'm going to be like, oh my gosh, you're so smart. Great job, Johnny, blah, blah, blah. And then do the same thing over and over and fade that prompt. Another type of prompt you could use would be a physical prompt. And again, with physical prompts, as, we, as we've talked about on the podcast, a lot of times this is not going to be appropriate for our learners. I would say I would only use this with my little guys. And we want to make sure, of course, to receive consent. And what consent is going to look like is the student physically being okay with it. We're going to say, is it okay if I move your hand right now? If there's any negative behaviors that are associated with that, we are stopping that right away. But an example here could be with errorless learning is if we are putting blocks into a um, into a bucket. I could take Johnny's hand to pick up the block and put it right in when I'd say put in. So he wouldn't have the chance to use me else. I'd physically show him. Um, but again, use your professional judgment when it comes to physical prompts. But I would say mostly with errorless learning, we're going to rely on our gestural prompts and our verbal prompts. And again, the idea is that we're going to get our student into those chain of responses that are correct right from the start. Now, errorless learning tasks embed this idea into a task or activity. So in many tasks or activities, whether it's a worksheet or an adapted book or a work task, there's the opportunity to get things wrong, right? Let's say you have a work task that is matching colored shirts, pictures of colored shirts 
two colors. So there's a there is a picture of the color red, and then there's a red picture of a red t-shirt. I'm gonna match the red t-shirt to the red card, and I'm gonna match the blue t-shirt to the blue card. Obviously, there's the opportunity to get it wrong, right? You could put the blue shirt on the red card, and that would be incorrect. An errorless learning task takes away the opportunity to get something wrong. So an example based on that work task I just said, all of the cards would be red and all of the shirts would be red. So we're just matching red to red, no matter how you do it. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. There is no need to match a specific item. So things like this would be, let's say there's a activity putting all the apples in the basket. Putting all of the orange items on a file folder into the desk. So there's a picture of a desk. There's a bunch of orange items. We put it all into the desk in the file folder. There's no other colored items. It's just orange. Airless learning tasks can be set up in a lot of different ways. I'm using a lot of hands-on examples because that's kind of where my head seem, tends to go when I, when I think about tasks file folders, adapted books, workbooks, work tasks. You could have worksheets that are airless, you know, just matching all the items and things like that. But the main idea here is there's no opportunity to get things wrong. Again, the point of this is to give students the opportunity to fall in that correct pattern. Airless work tasks, I think, are really, really good for students who really struggle with academic demands and sustained attention because we're going to give the students the chance to be successful. The first step of completing a task is not even doing the, the, the content, the hard stuff, like the color matching. That's not the first skill you need to complete that color matching task. First, you need sustained attention. You need the ability to work independently. You need the fine motor skills and the response inhibition and all those great things to stay on task and complete the activity. So errorless tasks, uh, tasks are going to be really, really essential to starting to work on all of those skills before you get to the academic content. So these tasks are going to be great for students who need to start working independently. That's the skill you're working on. That sustained attention of working on my own, the response inhibition of not getting distracted by other things. You, you're going to work on the color matching. You're going to work on the WH questions. You're going to work on the sorting later. But now you're just working on that independence first. You're working on overcoming the aversiveness of an academic demand because it's something easy. These tasks are also really great for students who are not matching yet. So students who are still learning how to match, a lot of tasks that we'll see like Work tasks and workbooks and file folders involve matching, right? And if your student is not yet a student that matches, what are we working on? We still want to have different things besides, you know, manipulative type assembly put in tasks. So this is a great way to start your get to, to get your student familiar maybe with a worksheet or a file folder, the, the layout and the format of this activity without needing the matching skills yet. 
So a question I get a lot is, what's next? What's after errorless work tasks? So after a student has success with this and is starting to build up those independent skills, those sustained attention skills, they're starting to become familiar with the format maybe of a file folder or an adapted book, then you want to start to add in the opportunity for errors. You want to start to add in that academic work, the discrimination, right? The matching, the color sorting, you're adding in basically the non-examples. So the example I talked about a few minutes ago, putting all the orange items in the desk. Maybe you use that same exact activity, but you add in two blue items, right? So we've been doing that, put all the orange items in the desk, put all the orange items in the desk, and now we just have two blue items that we don't add to the desk. We talked about the colored t-shirt task idea. So if there were all red cards and all red t-shirts and it was matched the red t-shirt to the red card, maybe we'll now have red and yellow and we'll have two different colors. So we're going to really, I think, add in here some basic matching and sorting, starting really simple. That's where we're going to go next. And we want to kind of stay um, on top of what, especially with independent work, because that's typically where I see airless learning tasks used a lot, is building those independent skills. We want to go slow here, especially if we want to incorporate this into our independent activities. Because remember, we want all independent work activities to include previously mastered skills. So we want to ensure these are previously mastered. But that's really where we're going to go next. We're going to start slowly. We're going to add in those non-examples. And we're going to build in that simple sorting and matching to start to increase those skills. So I hope that this gave a really good overview of not only errorless instruction, but errorless learning tasks. Um, we see these a lot on Pinterest and on Instagram. So I wanted to kind of take the chance to break it down what they are, why they work, and who they are good for. I'm going to add a link in our show notes to some of my favorite errorless tasks that we have. Um, one kind of series of products I made are called Easy Matching Weekly Workbooks, which is kind of a mouthful. I honestly originally made it for my daughter when she was younger because she wanted to do some of the activities her big sister was doing, but she didn't yet have the skills of matching and working on her own and things like that. So I wanted some workbooks that were errorless. And I love, I always love like a Monday through Friday schedule. Like you have the same activity, like the same difficulty level of an activity, but it changes every day. So Monday, you have something, Tuesday, you have something, Wednesday, you have something. So that's how these workbooks are set up. There's five workbooks all at the same skill level of these errorless tasks, but different activities in each one. Everyone loved them. Thank you guys. I also love them. They're adorable. So we started making seasonal ones and themed ones and all that. So I will put a link to those in the show notes if you want to check those out. Um, they may be a great fit for some of your learners that we've talked about that need to work on independent skills, fine motor skills, all of that. I recently made a real photo version of this because even though um, some of our younger learners, uh, this will be a good fit for, we may have older students that need this type of skill as well. And I wanted to create some resources that looked more age appropriate for our older students. So if you have older students that, you know, are still working on some of these foundational concepts, that real picture errorless matching book will be a great fit for them. Um, so get started with errorless matching. If you have any questions about errorless tasks or errorless learning, um, reach out to me on Instagram or Facebook. Thanks for listening to the Autism Helper podcast. If you liked what you heard and want to hear more, hit subscribe. It would mean a lot to me if you left some feedback. Whether I'm working one-on-one -on -one with a student, doing a podcast like this one, or presenting for a PD, my goal is always to provide as much value as I can. So your feedback really helps me make sure I'm doing just that. If you have other topics you'd like me to cover, leave in the feedback or message me on social media. 
You can follow me at The Autism Helper on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Pinterest, or visit my website, theautismhelper.com. Thanks again for listening. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Having the right resources for your classroom is essential to making sure your classroom is running smoothly. At the Autism Helper Shop, we have all of the resources you need to make sure you have the behavior, communication, and curriculum supports for your students. Within our shop, we have adapted books, task cards, resources aligned to the VB map and the ABLES, behavior plan flowcharts, data sheets, curriculum, everything you need, whether you are an early childhood teacher or a high school teacher, we have all of the resources that will meet those students' needs. So head over to shop.theautismhelper.com to check out all of our resources.